The sight of a cow heart or a pig tongue might turn some diners off, but for centuries, cooks around the world have utilized a variety of organ meats in their traditional dishes. On today's Please Explain, we will learn how to prepare organ meats at home and discover the nutritional and cost benefits of eating this awful food, and that's awful, O-F-F-A-L. To discuss all things awful, we are joined by Chris Constantino, uh, co-founder and executive chef of San Francisco's Kotzkom Restaurant, author of the website awfulgood.com and a winner of Top Chef Masters. Also, Brent Young, a co-owner and butcher at the Meat Hook, a whole animal butcher shop in Brooklyn. And Robert Sietzma, the former food critic for the Village Voice, joins us again. He is a member of the Oregon Meat Society and author of New York and a Dozen Dishes. Welcome all of you to our show. Hey, Lenny. And uh, we invite our listeners to join the conversation. You can give us a call at 212-433-9692. Write to us on our show page at wmyc.org slash lopate or on Facebook or Twitter where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. Chris, uh, what's the origin of the word? Oh, Chris is not there right now. Okay. Um, well, I'm sure either of you know <laughs> this. Robert, what's the origin of the word awful? What does it mean? Um, awful variety meats and organ meats are all terms that are kind of almost interchangeable, but they're really just overlapping. When you say awful, what you mean specifically is all of the animal with the exception of the muscle and the bone. And um, so that's uh, what's left out? Muscle and bone and that's it? Right. And uh, so that would include things that are inedible. What what are some examples of global cuisines that regularly incorporate a lot of organ meats? Well, certainly Mexican food. Uh, in New York right now, we have so many wonderful taquerias, and taqueria is often your best introduction to uh, to organ meats because you can go into a taqueria and, of course, alongside things like El Pastor and things like that that are not organ meats, you'll see things like tongue and cheek and sometimes even eyeballs. So you can just go crazy with the organ meats at any of today's modern taquerias. Although uh, French food, they love sweetbreads. Definitely, uh, yeah. Italian food loves tripa, tripe. Exactly, yeah. Tripe Florentine is one of the great organ meat dishes. And then in this country, I remember traveling in in the southwest and stopping at a truck stop in Oklahoma and for breakfast, and they had brain and eggs. And Yeah, <laughs> prairie mountain oysters are, are another thing. So are we seeing a growing interest in, in eating awful in the United States? Definitely in our butcher shop. Um, it's a huge thing. Not It's funny, not only... Um, for human consumption, but a lot of our customers buy offal for their pets as well. Uh, it's just general knowledge, I think, about how, how good it is for your diet is uh, kind of trickling down. You're saying that it can be more nutritious? Yeah, it's absolutely more nutritious. You know, you get a lot of bang for your buck in the vitamins and minerals through eating offal. Um, so it's not only good for you, but, you know. Any organs particularly nutritional? Uh, liver probably packs the biggest punch. Um, but isn't liver also a repository of all of the poisons, toxins that we eat and that animals eat? It, it is. And, uh, um, you know, it's funny enough that all, you know, all of the organs that you really eat are filtration systems. Um, you know, so which is why if you're going to eat ovo, you want to buy, you know, the best quality that you possibly can. So from pastured animals, you know, uh, animals that are raised, um, 
you know, through rotational grazing and, you know, you know that they have, um, you know, a healthy, um, a healthy system just as, you know, um, you would want to eat the rest of the muscles as well. The filtration systems are, you know, super important. And uh, how many animals wind up being used for offal? Is it mostly pigs and cows? Uh, yeah, pork, pork, beef, definitely. Well, of course, we I mean, chick- when yeah, we po- eat chicken poultry. livers, do we call that awful? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's probably the most popular. Yeah. Now, Robert, what is the Organ Meat Society? Uh, the Organ Meat Society came together in 1998. It's a group of 20 or so, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less. And we get together and we go to restaurants and eat organs. Sometimes we have meals prepared specifically by chefs. Sometimes we go to ethnic restaurants. And the, the, so the society meets, no pun intended, huh. on a regular basis. Can listeners join? Uh, listeners can join if they, uh, if they pester us enough, sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, you go to restaurants that serve uh, awful? Exactly. I began as a kind of advisor to the group and eventually became part of the group. And, uh, yeah, my whole purpose was to show people in, you know, in the late 90s, uh, if anyone remembers that era, it's, it was not as organ-friendly as it is now. I mean, organs have become hipsterized in a way so that many chefs like to cook sweetbreads. They like bone marrow. They like things like that. So uh, I basically just pointed people toward restaurants, often in the outer boroughs, where you could get organ meats. And let's not forget that one of the reasons people eat organs is that they're cheaper. Uh, you know, it's the part of the cow that used to be even discarded sometimes. Awful actually means the, the throwaway in Old English, as I understand it. That makes sense, yeah. Now, um, you want to recommend some restaurants? I, I love the tripe appetizer at Aldi Law in Park Slope. Oh, that sounds fantastic. I haven't had that in years. Uh, I would say go to Taqueria Izucar or go to the Tolchingo del Val Taqueria up in Hell's Kitchen, any place like that, and, and uh, try some of their uh, their tripe soup, which is not only a hangover remedy but tastes <laughs> delicious as well. And chitlins is is tripe, isn't it? Uh, oh, no, no. Tripe is the stomach lining. No, and- it actually is. Tripe is one of those ambiguous terms, once again, from Old English that can mean a variety of things, most specifically a certain stomach, one of the cow's four stomachs, uh, the one that's kind of honeycombed, but it can also mean small intestines too. Now, Brent, when people come into your butcher shop, which we will uh, alert uh, listeners to uh, the fact that it's moving soon, but um, when they ask you uh, for tripe, what are you going to give them? We actually aren't able to carry tripe um, because it's one of the few organs, like everything that gets processed through the USDA, through any USDA facility, needs a plan for how they're going to clean said organs. And that, and tripe requires a lot of cleaning. Requires a lot of cleaning, yeah. So it's it's not something that most plants are actually willing to invest in, um, you know, because it's a costly process in order to turn around something that... The consumer, you know, really doesn't want to pay a lot of money for. So if I wanted to cook tripe at home, what would I do? It's uh, it's actually pretty difficult to acquire in New York City. You can get it at some Mexican groceries. Um, the butcher shops uh, in Ninth, on Ninth Avenue and Hell's Kitchen, there's a couple of them still there, Dominican butcher shops. Yeah. And they uh, they have tripe. So yeah. it's ethnic butcher shops that uh, are most likely to have right. These, some of them clean the it different kinds of offal. Right, and some of them in some cultures it's cleaned extensively, In other cultures it's not cleaned as much because people like the semi skanky taste <laughs> yeah. as I do. 
We uh, have uh, people calling in, so let's uh, go to Boris from Jersey City. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, um, I have a question. Uh, my grandma used to cook uh, sweet and sour udder. Where can I get udder? Um, udder. Now, I, I can get you uteruses or uteri in Chinese groceries, but my God, where would you find an udder? Can, do they have udders at the meat hook? <laughs> no, no, well, no, no udders yet. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't think it's illegal. The only uh, organ that I know that's strictly illegal is the lungs, and that's as a result of tuberculosis in the 50s. What about brain? Because uh, there's mad cow disease. Uh, wasn't yeah. it spread from people eating brains? But it's it's only it's only beef brain um, for animals that are actually over 30 months. So you can you can still get plenty of pig brain. You can get lamb brain. Um, you can get veal brain. And, and how would you even prepare those brains? Um, well, the, there's the French method, which is classic, which is to uh, cook it in butter and then add vinegar, which makes black butter. So brains in black butter is the classic French. Of course, the Pakistanis eat brain fritters, uh, and they even in St. Louis in the United States, they have a fried brain sandwich. So brains are fairly common. It's, uh, it's, it's also used uh, cooked a lot with eggs because if you kind of scramble it up, it has mm-hmm. the same consistency as scrambled eggs. It's kind of soft. Yeah, exactly. And from Brooklyn, hi, you're on the air. Hey, Leonard, how you doing? Okay, and you? Good, thanks. I'm, I'm just loving this conversation so much, and hearing this talk of awful reminds me of a dish that is awful based that is very endemic to a certain part of america in pennsylvania um if you have family from there there is a dish called scrapple i don't know if you guys know that oh yeah we 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 make it at the meat hook we love scrapple (laughs) it's about the best thing in the world it's it's absolutely delicious and do you know that charlie parker wrote a song called scrapple from the apple sure do What's interesting, though, is it's very hard to try and get it organic because it seems to need all the fats and oils in Pennsylvania. I actually got a scrapple brick from the green market in Union Square a couple of years ago and tried to cook it by conventional purposes, which was just throw it on a griddle, and it kind of burst into flames. (laughs) Um, No, we, we actually make it all the time, so come by the meat hook. Get a, get get a brick a scrapple. Awesome, thank you. Okay, well, since I mentioned the meat hook is moving, yeah. is she, where would she go? Yeah, it's uh, our new address is three ninety seven Graham Avenue. Uh, we're actually moving. Um, just is that, couple, what is that? East Williamsburg is that? Yeah, Greenpoint, Williamsburg, Williamsburg. It's just two blocks off the uh, Graham Avenue L stop. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, opening day next Friday, the twenty sixth. My guests are uh, Brent Young of Meat Hook and Robert Sietzma, who is a restaurant reviewer. Unfortunately, Chris Constantino wound up uh, having to leave us because uh, he was waiting for an airplane and the <laughs> flight was called. So, uh, uh, but but you guys know everything that we need to know, I suspect. And we're inviting our listeners to call us at two one two four three three nine six nine two. You can write to us on our show page at wnyc.org slash lopate. Or Facebook or Twitter, where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. This is WNYC, WNYC.org. I'm Leonard Lopate. Estelle from Brooklyn wants to know where you can buy sweetbreads these days. Do you sell them at Meat Hook? Yeah, we we can as well. Yeah, we um we get them on our on our beef. Traditionally, most sweetbreads are veal, so they're a little younger. 
Um, and we can we can acquire those as well. They're, they're pretty easy to come so by. So you ha- would want to order in advance if yeah, you wanted exactly. sweetbreads. But uh, aren't they difficult to cook? Aren't a lot of these uh, awful meats not, difficult to cook? Not really. It just takes a little trial and error. And you know, as Robert said, fortunately they're inexpensive to um, kind of kind of mess around with. But um, you know, it just takes some some attention. You just um, you know need to be a little bit more gentle. But most of them are also. Uh, I think mostly best fried, um, just not like all fried. like all meat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that everyone requires different uh, different treatment depending on its level of cholesterol, say, or the uh, or the toughness, or like you're not going to cook kidneys the same way that you're going to cook brains, or. But a lot of them actually have euphemistic names like sweetbreads. Right. Uh, what is what is sweetbreads really? Uh, that's also two different things. One of them is the, the thymus gland, and the other, I think, is uh, some pituitary thing. There's two different kinds. So, so how did they get the name sweetbread? Um, I'm pretty sure that those are, are Anglo-Saxon names. That Because uh, sweetbreads can, is, you're right, it's kind of an evasive term, but you can use sweetbreads or pan dolce to indicate, uh, you know, the kind of sweet rolls that they eat in uh, in Mexico, too. So, yeah, it's uh, maybe there is something kind of intentionally confusing about it. Well, are people more likely to order boudin noir or morcia than uh, they would if they knew it was blood sausage? Uh, I feel I feel like most people know, know what it is at this point, but um, it's really popular. And every time that we make... Uh, you know, boudin noir, any any sort of blood blood pudding or blood sausages, it actually sells really well. There's Does, a pudding that they make around Easter time in uh, in Italy too. It's a it's a sweet pudding actually made with blood. Does blood have a a strong effect on the taste? Um, not not really, just in its in the richness. And I I think you kind of kind of know that it's there, but when you're when you're tasting, if you didn't know, um, you know, it's just a particularly rich. Taste. It, it can have a kind of a gritty texture too. I mean, it, yeah. it tends to coagulate. So uh, you know, the Chinese make a kind of healthful jello out of it, and stir fry that a lot. We have two recipes for offal on our show page. Um, they are uh, marinated tripe, new potatoes and parsley, and also Tuscan-style chicken livers. I would assume that chicken livers are the best-selling of all the offal, simply because they're in so many different cuisines. For sure, yeah. They're one thing that you can also eat eat on its own, but you can also make it into a mousse. You can add it to pate. You can do a lot of different things with it. And they're cheap, too. Yeah. Cheap and rich. Yep. Are you, uh, d- as a butcher, do you put uh, most of the offal into charcuterie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with So sausages, I should assume... Have offal in them? Not a, we do make sausages with them, but um, uh, mostly mostly pates and uh, um, you know some uh, dried or smoked salamis. We'll have them. Let's take some more calls. Uh, Stanley from Jackson Heights. How you're on the air? My uh, parents, who were from uh, Germany and Austria, used to make boifel which is uh, a heart and lung stew before the uh, lungs were outlawed in the early '60s. And I've had it in Vienna, and it's pretty fantastic. Um, it takes a long time to cook, though. That's, that was always the thing. And my mother also made kidneys at home, which she soaked in milk in order to draw out the uric acid. And I wondered if that was a common preparation. 
that's that's pretty much classic. Yeah, uh, either either you like the urinous flavor of kidneys or you don't. But I remember Leopold Bloom liked the urine taste of kidneys in Ulysses. So. <laughs> And he was Irish. He was Jewish Irish. <laughs> Jewish Irish. <laughs> so I guess this is still a global thing. What we're uh, what we're pretty much uh, ascertaining here is that uh, although Americans sometimes get a little queasy about awful, we still eat a fair amount of it. I imagine hot dogs uh, probably often have awful in them, but that in other parts of the world, uh, the, the the whole idea of snout to tail is. Just the way people eat. This is called the the fifth quarter of the animal in Rome. It's kind of a facetious term, but yeah, everybody eats awful, especially in countries where people are a little more cash-wise. And the French seem to like to pair something uh, awful with something very fancy. So they'll put trotters with foie gras. Well, foie gras is awful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's also liver. (laughs) Let's uh, take another call. Anne from Brooklyn. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, Leonard. Um, I'm an African-American, well, like black American, and both my parents were Southern. Uh, Southern blacks eat awful. Uh, it's, it's very common. Uh, you've mentioned stuff, you know, European and all that, but it's eaten right here. When I was young, well, I, I did say chitlins. Brains, sauteed brains in the morning with eggs. Uh, we always ate liver. Um, we always had tripe, which we would sometimes, my mother would sometimes fry. Um, I had roe from, uh, from fish before I ever tasted caviar. And what I what what happened? My mother said that the enslaved blacks in this country gave, were given the refuse uh, from the from the cows and the pigs. That's what they gave the slaves to eat. And that the people and the masters they ate what they called high in the hog. When you're eating high in the hog, so they had the chops and and the muscle meat. And they gave the organ meat to the slaves because it was considered garbage to them. And then they found that the actually later on that the organ meat had all of the iron and uh, and all the other the things that they that were needed. So a lot of actual southern cuisine that's black is is about awful, and it's not mentioned. When I lived in Europe for five years, I couldn't believe they were eating the same things that I grew up eating, <laughs> and they were delicacies over there. That's interesting. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you. Uh, let's go to. Christina from the Upper East Side. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, Leonard. I was in a um, in Brooklyn with some Russian friends, and we saw we ate at a at a restaurant. Might have been Bulgarian. I'm not really sure, but we saw testicles on the menu. And my, one of my friends, who is from Uzbekistan, said it was a traditional dish for a groom to eat on his wedding night. But I um, I've never I haven't seen it since, and I wondered if. If your guests uh, knew of a restaurant where where they had this, um, I don't know where it was in Brooklyn. I don't know what kind of a restaurant it was, but it was some kind of, you know, former Russian. Uh, well, most Russian. likely in Brighton Beach then. Oh, definitely. It was, yeah. it was definitely on the way back from there. We went to Brighton Beach and we it was we stopped on the way back from there, but I'm not sure if it I, was still there. I would guess that it was the Azerbaijani restaurant Baku, B A K U, uh, which is in. Uh, Sheepshead Bay, actually. Uh-huh. But uh, any of the Central Asian or the Caucasian from the Caucasus Mountains or even Middle Eastern restaurants tend to feature testicles on the menu. Uh, the euphemism for testicles, by the way, if you've ever seen it on a Lebanese menu, is lamb fries. <laughs> and they're just the most delicious little morsels. I mean, you really wouldn't know what they were except for the shape. We're going to take a little break here and come back with more of this Please Explain Look at Awful 
with Robert Seitzma, the former food critic for the Village Voice. Uh, and current Eater New York. Oh, I should have mentioned <laughs> I'm sorry. Also a member of the Oregon Meat Society, author of New York and a Dozen Dishes, and Brent Young, a co-owner and butcher at the Meat Hook, um, which is a, a whole animal butcher shop in Brooklyn. Our number here, 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at wnyc.org slash lopate or on Facebook or Twitter, where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. And we'll be back with more and a lot of your calls after this. We're talking about hearts and livers and all sorts of parts of animals on today's Please Explain Look at Awful, O-F-F-A-L, with Robert Sietzma and Brent Young. Uh, Chris Casentino, the chef at Coxcomb Restaurant in San Francisco, unfortunately had to leave because um, he had was catching a flight and it left a lot earlier than we thought. But we have a couple of recipes from him, and you might want to check them out as well on our show page at WNYC.org. We also have a lot of people calling us at 212-433-9692. Uh, you can write to us on our show page at WNYC.org or on Facebook or Twitter, where our handle is at Let It Lopate. Donald from Cold Spring, New York, you're on the air. Oh, awesome. Sorry. Uh... Go ahead. Oh, he hung up. Well, got so excited about being <laughs> on the air, he decided that he couldn't handle it. Uh, Kate from Brooklyn, hi, you're on the air. Yes, hi, Leonard. Um, I love this show, and I grew up in England, uh, outside of London. I would never have known from your accent. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like 15 miles outside of London, and we didn't have any money, and so we did used to eat awful. But, of course, the cooking, the cooking was awful. <laughs> mm. I know you'd appreciate that. <laughs> well, fun. actually, uh, when I lived in England, uh, a typical breakfast was toast and dripping. So uh, yeah. It, yeah, a lot has improved. A lot has improved over the years. And a they have blood improved, pudding, yeah. of course. But we didn't so. have a refrigerator in our house. And so I would come home from school, and I would find in the pantry under the stairs, I would find a plas- the plastic washing up bowl that would have tripe soaking in milk in the plastic washing up bowl and I would refuse to eat it because it just looked so awful and of course my mother and my grandmother didn't really know how to cook it properly and then we also used to eat lamb's liver which was nice and then occasionally I guess maybe on a really low money week we would eat hearts now could she get all of those things at the meat hook yeah absolutely yeah you can get lamb's liver and a heart hearts actually uh, probably the highest um, organ meat in, in demand. You know, we get three beef a week, so we only get three hearts. And, um, you know, it's it's palatable. It's easy to cook. It's probably your easiest introduction because it, it's, it's a steak. It tastes like a steak. And it has a texture that's not repulsive. Yeah, exactly. Well, isn't that part helps. of the problem simply getting past people's, the, their idea that uh, they're eating a heart or a brain? Oh, Definitely. I mean, uh, everyone is made squeamish by one organ or another. Uh, eyeballs are, are difficult. So. Where are eyeballs eaten? Uh, in tacos in Staten Island. There's a taqueria mm. that specializes. And know, what, kind, what eyeballs would they be? Uh, they would be sheep eyeballs, and they're much bigger than you would imagine. And to see them looking, they're left whole, and to see them looking up at you out of the taco mm. 
gives you pause. <laughs> On the other hand, in, in Asia, fish eyeballs are often eaten. Yeah. Right. And fish in trails. Yeah. So, so, Kate, uh, do you think that the fact that you grew up with these meats um, has made you a little less squeamish about eating them? Uh, no, I think it really probably put me off almost for life. Like, I've never <laughs> eaten tripe since then. Well, thank you for calling us. <laughs> and we're going to try Donald from Cold Spring again. Hi, Donald. You're on the air. Hi. Sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you all while I'm unloading hay. Uh, <laughs> but pretty much uh, I'm a livestock manager up in Cold Spring, and I have a freezer full of offal, uh, sheep, pig, goat, uh, cattle. But you all pretty much just answered my question. Um, I was wondering... Uh, what you all would suggest uh, that I suggest to my customers uh, who have never tried awful. And, uh, you know, I'm looking to move it, so I think it's quite delicious. Yeah, the calf's liver is traditionally a gateway organ uh, because it's easy to cook. It tastes good with onions, uh, originally a northern Italian recipe. But that's yes. part of the problem. I, my mother made calf's liver in a way that uh, turned me off, and it took. It was only many years later when somebody wow. served it with onions, yeah, and uh, and I guess it was olive oil. I'm not exactly sure what that I realized that it could be quite delicious. Yeah, but but if, yeah. it's, if it's overcooked, it can have the consistency of sand. Oh yeah, which is, yeah. <laughs> my mother well, claims that during during the Great Depression, that her mother received the liver for free from the butcher. In other words, there was a lot of to try to get giving rid of away it. of these organs yeah. uh, at the time. Um, well, but well, I, would de- I would definitely recommend it to you, um, like I said, the, the heart is probably the easiest thing to move yeah. first to get your customers to try. And then uh, um, if you have tongues as well, you can kind of uh, treat a tongue like you would a brisket. And, it takes uh, a lot of cooking, though, right? Yeah, you yeah. Can, but you can kind of turn it into corned beef or pastrami, yeah, br- yeah. brine it, and then cook it for a long time. Um, sure. And that's that's super delicious. The um, Yeah, and then get, you know, cook cook livers, but cook them you know, slowly with other things first, whether you, you know, probably chili is the easiest way to work it in, but then slowly get lighter and lighter as you get used to the taste. Thank you for your call. Mabel from Mohegan Lake, you're on the air. Hi, Leonard. Um, I just had a question for your guest. Um, Well, not for me. They're the ones who know. (laughs) (laughs) For Robert or Brent. Uh, I'm, I'm originally from Argentina, and we eat a lot of the offal there, grilled usually. But um, my understanding was that the sweetbread was the parotid, the salivary gland of the cow. Uh, it could be two different glands, and yeah, that's one of the best things to eat in the Argentina, Argentine grills that are spotted around town in the Uruguay restaurants. Yes. Serve sweetbreads and, of course, blood sausage, and often the small intestines yes, as well. Yes, it's called chinchulina, and it's absolutely delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They make them braid, they, they braid them. And then you grill them. So, Mabel, when you have friends who did not grow up in Argentina, do you have to convince them to try these things? Yes. And um, not everybody is open to it. I once uh, lied to a friend (laughs) and and made them taste the sweetbreads, and she was absolutely horrified when I told her. Um, But it was uh, obviously a perception, not the taste. She liked it when she was eating it, but uh, when she found out what it was, she was horrified. (laughs) Good good for you. That's usually what it takes. (laughs) Thank you for calling us. Uh, Steve from Newark. Hi, you're on the air. How you doing, sir? My name is uh, Steve Robinson, and I heard your... I heard the show just flipping through the stations, and and you're talking about sweetbread. And and, uh, I just wanted to say that... uh, I'm 57 years old, but back in the early 80s, 
say late, uh, early 80s, I uh, was in the military, and uh, I was competing in bodybuilding competitions. And, you know, in, in the military, they overcook your food. I was stationed in Virginia. So uh, back during those times, uh, you know, uh, when supplementation, uh, when you looked on the back of, of the bottles, you could see that uh, a lot of the supplements were made from kidneys, liver, and heart. So I took it a step further and went to the butcher, and for two years I ate 10 pounds of raw meat a day. I ate three or four pounds of liver, kidney, and heart a day. Hey, raw? raw? But yeah, you, you cook it to tenderize it a bit. You were, <laughs> no, I, you were eating it really tough. Well, I mean, it was uh, well, it was easy. You know, the, uh, the only heart, Liver's tender. The only, yeah. the only tough part thing to eat is the heart because the heart is so fibrous. The, the liver is very, very sweet and rich, full of energy. And, the um, you know, the kidney, you only got to deal with that chunk of fat in the middle of it. <laughs> but, um, but you're here to tell the tale, yeah, so it must have been okay. Listen, I did it for two years. I was very, very strong. What effect very, did it very have? Yeah, zero. I looked like an animal because I ate like an animal. <laughs> it only cost me. It only cost me two or three dollars a day for the, for that ten pounds of, of, of food. Wow! And it's the best food you can eat. I mean, the, the it's rest incredibly of the animal, resourceful. The, the meat that's not that doesn't have any biological value. Everything's in the sweet bread. Yeah, you did good. Yeah, but uh, I suspect neither of you are recommending people eat these things raw. Uh, I mean, you certainly can. Um, well, liver is off, often eaten raw. Yeah. Um, you know, you obviously have to be sure of your sources. Part of the problem is some of these things can be tough. Joe says, uh, one of our listeners wrote in, she cooked tripe for her husband, cut in small pieces and put it in a pressure cooker, and it made it very tender. She cooked it with olive oil, garlic, and onion and canned tomato sauce. Yeah. It's very uh, Italian. Uh-huh. And yeah. The the pressure cooker is a good way, or a slow cooker is a good way to do these things because uh, you don't want to cook them on a high flame. Yeah, because uh, I mean, some of the organs you have to cook for a really long time. On the other hand, imagine if the if the pressure cooker explodes, filled with organs, you're going to have really, <laughs> it's going to look like a crime scene. Uh, Stephanie uh, Hecox from Boulder, Colorado, says that. Uh, she comes from a Hungarian family, and one of her favorite treats was herka, a blood sausage made with pork, rice, blood, and spices. And she wants to know if you have any suggestions on how she can obtain blood in stores. Do you sell blood at the? We uh, we do. Um, it's it's funny. We we sell it by the gallon. Uh, you have to buy a <laughs> gallon of blood, and it it comes in. Uh, does what, it coagulate if you don't use it right away? It it does. So we, the timing is super specific. So we actually make you pay for it ahead of time because you have to pick it up and use it. Pretty. Can much. you put some aspirin in there or something to keep it from <laughs> coagulating, or a little half a baby aspirin or something? But yeah, it looks it looks like a gallon of milk, but it just says pork blood on the uh, on the container. Well, at least she knows where to get. I imagine yeah. there are some other butcher shops that also sell it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Miriam from Harrison, New York. How are you on the air? I'm doing okay, and uh, it's wonderful. I've been laughing a lot. Uh, I come from Mexico, actually, and uh, when we made soup, we would use chicken feet also. Yeah. Uh, is that considered also? also? Now, of course, the Chinese cuisine often includes chicken and duck feet. Very uh, popular. Do you, do you have them? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we, we can acquire them as well. Um, really, really popular now. Now, especially that everyone is uh, making bone broth and, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> which which part of Mexico are you from, Miriam? I'm from Mexico City originally. Uh, so Mexico City, of course, uh, features the cuisines of all of Mexico. But if you'd lived in a certain region, you would have eaten very different food than if you'd lived in another region. Oh, I 
know, I know. And actually, well, I've been in this country many, many years. And interesting enough, I'm also Jewish. So there were a lot of things that we couldn't eat, <laughs> you know. But uh, I do remember all the tacos al pastor in the streets. They still have them when I visit my sisters, you know, all these different things. But uh, and like I said, uh, cooking with gizzards also and uh, chicken livers and chicken feet and makes uh, and it necks and makes wonderful soup. Well, thank you so much for talking about that. Uh, when, <laughs> okay, thank you. Brent, when people come to your shop, do they ask you for recipes? Yeah, definitely. For suggestions? Yeah, I mean, that's half of the reason I feel like you go to a butcher shop rather than just going to a grocery store. You know where the meat comes from. You know, you know, you get a story behind it, but you can also ask for suggestions on how to how to cook it. Like I said, a lot of, you know, a lot of customers come to us specifically because we have pasture raised animals and they have a specific diet so they want to ask us a lot of questions how do i cook this stuff i've heard you know i've heard liver is good for me how can i try different ways to cook it but a lot of the awful is not available in supermarkets exactly unless they're chinese supermarkets <laughs> in which case all of all the awful <laughs> and things you may not have even have heard of before yeah. Some organs, like ears or cheek, don't seem to offer much meat. Uh, how are they normally served? Well, che cheeks are cheeks, cheeks that's are like one of the yeah. one of the most popular beef uh, cheeks right now. Beef yeah. cheeks yeah. are absolutely fantastic, Huge. and yeah. but they take a tremendous amount of cooking. Yeah, uh, they have to be braised, and then you can use them in empanadas, or you could you know yeah could cook them just like you would short ribs or shanks, uh, braise them for a long time. Ears. Uh, don't know about an ear. No, well, ears are fantastic. I mean, ears pig, make the most. Big ears are fantastic. Yeah, wonderful, crunchy yeah. snacks. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of anybody eating a cow ear, however. No. <laughs> well, we don't have enough time to get to some of the other uh, calls, but people have called in with goat head soup from Jamaica, a boiled sheep head, uh, capuzella uh, yep. from Sicily, um, pickled tripe, uh, which somebody grew up with in New England. Uh, there is Polish awful, a lot of rest, a lot of different awful recipes in Polish restaurants. So, uh, if you want awful, it's all around. It's you everywhere. Just haven't everywhere. noticed, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, as I said, uh, uh, Chris Casentino uh, left us a couple of recipes for awful on our show page at wnyc.org. Um, so you might want to check those out. Uh, any side dishes go particularly well with awful? Uh, usually something that's kind of bland, like uh, at, right now at Achilles Heel in Greenpoint, they're making uh, a, a stew with blood and potatoes. So the potatoes contrast nicely with the blood. Robert Sietzna is uh, the, a member of the Organ Meat Society, author of New York in a Dozen Dishes. And uh, you, you have a, a new place that you're writing for? Uh, I'm the senior critic at Eater New York. Uh, and, and Brent Young is one of the butchers at Meat Hook, which is moving to 397 Graham Avenue. Thank you both so much for being on our show today. Thanks Thank for having us. That was you. big fun. That was great.